You're listening to Doctrine and Duty, podcast of Brian Ray, Senior Pastor of Alexander Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia, where biblical theology meets everyday Christian life. Hello again, church, saints, beloved, called of God. Praise the Lord for you. It's a blessing to me to know that you are out there listening to a podcast called Doctrine and Duty. Welcome back. If you're listening, it means you have a concern for the things of God, the ways of God, the will of God, and the Word of God. Well, I've been taking a little bit of a journey through the abstract of principles. I say a little bit of a journey because we're really just getting started beginning section two on this episode. The first episode uh, covered the abstract of principles and a little bit about the scriptures. The second episode covered the rest of the scriptures. And today we're going to be looking at the second item on the list found in the 1858 abstract of principles put out by the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. So it's an early statement of faith from the Southern Baptist Convention. And that is number two, God There is but one God, the maker, preserver, and ruler of all things, having in and of himself all perfections, and being infinite in them all, and to him all creatures owe the highest love, reverence, and obedience. I love the subtlety of how this begins. There is but one God. We know that in the scriptures, as the word of God begins in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Whenever Moses is encountered by God at the burning bush, Moses wonders who he should tell the people he is speaking with. Who has sent him? And of course, the Lord replies, tell them that I am. The great I am has sent you. When we move over into chapter 20 of the book of Exodus, we come to that great passage of Scripture known as the Decalogue, uh, also uh, called uh, most notably the Ten Commandments. In Exodus 20, it begins by saying, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Commandment number one, here it is, You shall have no other gods before me. And in our text, section two, There is but one God. He is God, and there are no others. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, the great here passage, H-E-A-R, the Shema, listen, the listen passage in Deuteronomy 6, uh, in verse 4 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. So there is but one God, and next the text says, The maker, preserver, and ruler of all things. As believers, we believe in the doctrine uh, of creation called creation ex nihilo, which literally translates creation out of nothing. There wasn't a bunch of stuff, and God opened the, the box of Lego stuff of creation and put it all together. But the Bible clearly teaches us that the earth was void and without form, and darkness hovered over the face of the deep in Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 2. So God took nothing and made something. He didn't just make any old something. He made glorious somethings in His creation of earth and the stars and the sun and the moon and the cosmos and the solar systems all the way down 
to you and me. There is but one God, the maker, but also it it lends credit to who God is to say that this great maker, the creator, is also the preserver. It just makes sense if he would create it that he would also sustain it and preserve it, and so he is the preserver of all things. And then third, he is the ruler of all things. As there is one God who has created, as there is one God who has preserved, maintained, sustained, it makes absolute sense to understand that he is the ruler of all things as well. Paul taught Timothy that he is the potentate, that he is the sovereign, that he is the Lord of all. And then the next phrase says, having in and of himself all perfections. I like that because you and I don't really have a whole lot of resources in and of ourselves. We try to work things up or get things out of us, and we try to put things into us. But you and I really are dependent upon others. We're, de- we're dependent on um, goods and services. Uh, we can't fix ourselves. We can't uh, just do everything in and of ourselves as far as our food and, and clothing and all of those things. But God, it says having in and of himself, God is self-sustaining. God doesn't look to us to meet his needs. The Bible says he neither slumbers nor sleeps. Having in and of himself, what does he have in and of himself? It says all perfections. God is perfect. He is all-knowing, all-wise, all-powerful, everywhere present. And in and of himself, God contains all perfections. He is perfect. There is nothing wrong with God. There is nothing, no area where God falls short. There's no area where God struggles or stumbles or falls or has issues with. God is perfect in all things. And then it says he is being infinite in them all. I like that word infinite or infinity. Um, I've shared with our church recently to quote the the great theologian from the early 2000s uh, by the name of Buzz Lightyear, to infinity and beyond. Well, our God is infinite. He is without end. He is without limit. He is limitless. Our God is infinite in all things and perfect in all things. And then the, the passage kind of closes, the text closes, it says, And to him all creatures owe the highest love, reverence, and obedience. All creatures, all of his creation, all of humanity, we owe God. Why do we owe God? Well, we owe him because he is our maker, he is our prever- preserver, and he is our ruler. We owe him the highest love. In other words, we are called to love our families and to love our church, love our church family, love our friends, love our neighbors. Uh, Hopefully we like or love in some way, a much lesser level. We love our jobs. We love food and things like that. But the highest love, which far surpasses even our love for our spouse and kids, is the love that we are to express toward God, to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So we owe Him that. Why do we owe him that? Because he purchased us. He bought us with the blood of his son. We have been bought with the blood of Christ, and therefore we are his children. And so it's not that he is this harsh taskmaster and we are poor, suffering, and wayward slaves, but he is a glorious God who has ransomed and rescued and reconciled us and made us his children. Though once we were his enemies, though though once we were hostile, now we have been made to be the children of God, and we owe him the highest love. Next, it says that we owe him the highest reverence. I like that word reverence, reverent. I'm even called a reverend at times. 
So this word makes me think of fear, respect, um, awe, A-W-E. We are to stand in awe of a holy God. And as we do, that should lend itself to worship. We owe God the highest worship. When we come before Him in worship and praise, we should not be consumed with petty things. We should not be concerned with minor issues. Our chief concern, well, man's chief end, by the way, is the glory of God. Our chief concern in worship is God. It's not us. It's not about getting what we want. It's not about singing the songs we want. It's not about sitting in the chairs that we want. It is about worshiping the one to whom all glory, honor, and praise belong. All creatures owe the highest love, reverence, and then last, obedience. When you love the Lord and you respect and worship Him, it lends itself to obedience. And we are called to obey the Lord. Some people want to do these grand and glorious, fanciful things for God, and God just wants our hearts. He just wants us to be His obedient followers. He wants us to have faith, joyful, childlike faith and obedience. God longs for us to to follow Him in these ways and to serve Him in these ways and to enjoy Him in these ways. Folks, I tell you, I get excited about theology. I get excited about doctrine and then duty. Our theology informs us. And I really want to challenge you now because many people now today are going through tough times and we've been going through tough times and we're still going through tough times. And we will go through tough times. It's a guarantee. It's a part of life. Beloved, please, do not sacrifice your theology for your fears. Do not sacrifice your theology for your feelings. Do not sacrifice your theology for your family. Beloved, please do not sacrifice your theology for your fears or for your failures or for your families. Please, please, not even for your feelings. Remember the Word of God trumps everything. And your love for God should supersede all other loves. Life is hard, family. Life is hard. Please, please do not forsake the Lord. Have faith in God. Trust Him and follow Him all of your days. And live for the glory of God. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, help us to do just that. In the midst of certain trials, help us not to despair. Help us not to grow weary in doing good. Help us not to be bitter and angry. Help us to be trusting and faithful, hot-hearted followers of the potentate. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Listen, beloved, it is great that you joined in this episode of Doctrine and Duty. I love you guys, and um, please join us again every Thursday. And, and also join us um, at Alexander Baptist Church, abch.org. Uh, like us on Facebook, and uh, if you're anywhere near us, please join us in person. It's the most fantastic church ever. God bless you, and have a great day. Take care. You've been listening to Doctrine and Duty, a podcast of Alexander Baptist Church located at 4316 Pamela Court, Chesapeake, Virginia. 
Join us Sundays at 10 a.m. and find us online at abch.org.